cliffcentral.com Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com Welcome to the Fashion Lab and thank you for tuning in. My name is Lisa Gumba Regisford, your host. And on today's show, we're going to be talking the diamond industry, which goes hand in hand with the fashion industry. Now, according to an article I came across on globalwitness.org, the recent launch by the Diamond Producers Association of a new advertising slogan, Real is Rare, Real is a Diamond, which marks a fresh bid to win over a new generation of consumers, which we call the so-called millennial generation. In pursuit of the perfect strap line, the authors also seem to have overlooked what was sitting right under their noses. This slogan is the result of research commissioned by the DPA, whose members are also amongst the biggest in the diamond businesses. In this, I guess, to brave a new world of millennials. Now, according to these findings, for a generation living in an increasingly transient and virtual world, lasting and and authentic connections are definitely increasing, elusive, and inversely desirable. Now, a diamond, the slogan suggests, embodies these coveted qualities. Now, if millennials, the most socially conscious generation ever, want something really rare, they might want to ask if the diamond is real, or maybe they should ask if it actually is responsibly sourced. It's a very interesting conversation. We all love diamonds. I love diamonds. We're sitting here with diamond, uh, the whole diamond crew right here. And uh, just last month in Botswana, where the diamond industry contributes about a third of the GDP and has a significant impact on driving the country's development, a Botswana mine rock, christened mine rock uh, constellation, I don't know if you guys know about Constellation, but we'll be talking about right, that right now. But it sold for a cool $63 million. Should I get into the industry or is there a silence? Because like, <laughs> anyway, listen, I just want to say that um, the diamond industry is obviously, I, I don't know, we, we could sit here and try to talk about how big it is, especially here in the continent. But at the same time, uh, the reason that I want to talk about this uh diamond uh sort of relationship with fashion is because it's it's it it goes hand it's like the yin and the yang it goes hand in hand with fashion but even though it's a very expensive beautiful jewel it's it 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 is something that could also be made uh a bit more easier to uh to uh to access and also i've I've realized i mean we just experienced something two years uh i mean two months about two weeks ago um, at a De Beers um, launch, which we'll also talk about, where there's a lot of much more fusion and there's a lot of much more eclectic uh, sort of pieces coming up. It's very refreshing. So on and on we can talk about diamonds, and this is the day that uh, we're going to be really smashing and, and, and whining and, and, and dissecting what's really going on, especially with that relationship uh, with fashion. Now, before I introduce our special guest today, we're joined on the show later by Morag Stein, who will be glamming up the show with her glam up uh, for a dose of makeup and beauty tips. Uh, we're also joined right now by our contributor from New York, Edgy Benson, which uh, who's with us uh, online. Uh, Edgy Benson, for those of you who do not know, um, Edgy is our contributor who runs a fashion services company based in New York, sourcing services to fashion designers and fashion houses such as Vera Wang, Chloe, Bill Blast, Kate Spade, Liz Ogumbo, <laughs> and on and on. Edgy, welcome to the show. <laughs> You're welcome too. It's nice to join you guys. Yes. So obviously, um, it's very nice to, to have you, uh, on there. And because Morag is not in studio, before I continue, I would just like to ask what you're wearing and why. And please be creative. Please, please, I beg. 
Well, just to let you guys know, it's it's fall in New York, I think, already. It's So it's a bit cold and windy. So I have a pair of jeans, skinny jeans, of course, and a knitted overcoat. Okay. And that's been really creative. Okay, thank you. We appreciate that creativity. And for those of who are, who are, who are tuned in, um, just a quick reminder for you, I've got my favorite segment at the end of the show called Who Would You Want to Dress and Why? So feel free to share with us your who's and your why's. It's what I call our red glass of red wine at the end of the show. Keep your tweets coming. We're on Fashion Lab AF and share with us some of your favorite um, sort of uh, diamond uh, experiences or sort of the diamonds that you have hanging on your ears or sitting on your fingers, whatever is going on with the diamonds, We'd love to hear from you uh, when it comes to this beautiful relationship that we want to unpack a bit of uh, between diamonds and fashion. Now, moving straight into our special guest today, we are joined by Saloshni Naidu. That's right. Representing the De Beers group of companies, uh, and this is obviously a company that has a leading role in the diamond exploration, mining, retail, trading, and industrial diamond manufacturing sectors. Um, welcome to the show, and don't even think you're going to sneak through what I'm about to just throw on, but what are you wearing and what's inspiring the look? <laughs> and throw in the diamonds too if you are. Okay. Because, you know, All right. Thanks, Liz. It's great being on the show. Um, just want to clarify something. I'm a part of the brand called Skyler Tea, which is a De Beers Mele initiative. Um, and basically, we're trying to assist up-and-coming jewelry designers in the space. So hence, I'm wearing one of the designer pieces. Uh, here you can see it's the Josie Telcom Towers, which is the God Bless Josie range designed by Ayanda. Who's Ayanda? Ayanda is our designer right next to me. So Ayanda is the designer. Yes. I'm coming to you, Ayanda. Okay. Okay. And then I'm wearing some of his beaded earrings, a splash of color, which is also handmade and designed by Ayanda. Hmm. Check y'all out. Nice. Welcome to the show. Um, and uh, now I want to use, uh, introduce Ayanda. Ayanda, you're just going to help me by introducing yourself, who you are, and uh, the association between you and uh, the beautiful collection I see on the table here. <laughs> okay. Hi, everybody. My name is Ayanda. It's great to be on the show. I'm a professional jewelry designer that is under the Skylar T brand that is actually helping other jewelry designers to get up in the map in means of having a a good way of actually starting to manufacture, design, plan, and draw everything that you need to do with jewelry. So basically what we do, we start from scratch to the top. Yeah, of course we do. Yes, we do. I'm going to ask you how, because we all start from scratch to the top, but what are you wearing before we even go on? And okay. what's inspiring the look today? Oh, well, I'm basically Tom Tailored today from the shirt that I'm wearing, to the jeans that I'm wearing. Well, I'm actually inspired by, like, ancient brands, brands that have existed for quite some time because they have credibility and weight. But I'm actually now open to actually brands that are growing right now because I can see that the trends are changing and they're embracing even the young designers that we're actually having in the fashion range right now. And did you just call them ancient? I think they were screaming. We are ancient. <laughs> but, but you know they would just literally faint if they heard that. Well, judging from the time when they were actually created, I would say they're kind of ancient. But they are still existing. <laughs> yeah. This is not Nefertiti. <laughs> it's not the Pharaoh, you know, of Egypt. But you well, know, we got the sentiment, though. Yes, we got the sentiment. No, we sure did get the sentiment. Well, thank you for joining us on the show as well nice today. And, um, you know, before we go, for, I want to start with you, Ayanda. Um, 
I'm looking at these pieces here. Are these, are your pieces, is there any diamonds in your pieces? Like, tell me about your pieces and the connection with the diamonds. Because obviously, I'm just thinking about changing today. Like, oh, you're thinking about blinching? Just blinking, changing. Okay, changing. No, Let's go. What we have right now, well, to be honest with you, it's not safe walking around with diamonds wherever you go, you know, unless you have them. Come on, this is Africa. And people it's are true. now empowered and money day. In Nigeria, there's a money day. The yeah, money, money has day. come. I'm not, I'm not disputing that. But all I'm just trying to say is that um, with my range right now, because I use it as a test kit, some stuff will have diamonds for certain places that I go to. And some stuff won't have diamonds. But right now, I've created an African range that I call it the traditional cultural range, which is a diamond range that I'm trying to actually establish African fields with the diamonds together because we feel that uh, all these resources that we're actually trying to accumulate now have to be infused with things that we're actually coming from Africa generally because most of these resources that we find, we find them straight up from Africa. So why not fuse them with African design product? So my main aim now is to create product that is African inspired still with the diamond feel at the same time to give, it, to give the African uh, design criteria some weight. Fantastic. I was going to say, you know, diamonds are diamonds, honey. I don't care if I'm from Israel or from like Afghanistan <laughs> or like from... Well, I'm like, listen, put the diamonds on the table. They will be African right now. Um, <laughs> I will take any diamond is... Diamond is diamond. Nice but thing. I still love the fact that you have decided to give it a sort of collaborative uh, twist uh, when it comes to your design process, just yeah. to be able to make it. So who's your target market for this? Because, and like I say it again... I just know personally as a girl who loves diamonds, (laughs) like every other girl, that I don't want my diamond. It's like having chocolate, telling me, here's a chocolate vanilla, chocolate vanilla cake. I'm like, go and sit down, Charlie. Where is the real chocolate? Because I'm I'm like, don't don't water down my my things, you know? So who's your clientele right now? Who's, who do you find is, is, you know, is getting, is appealing to this sort of collection and, and, and actually consuming it? Well, to be honest with you, coming with this new collection that I have right now, uh, I've been checking the trends and um, people are looking for things that are actually freshly conceptualizedly designed. So right now, my target market is people who are looking for the new trends that are actually existing in the market right now and who are trying to make a difference in actually giving the local market a bit of a stimulation. So my target market would be the moneyed people. You know, people from different sectors and different places. I'm not really concentrating because it's international and local that I'm actually targeting. So I wouldn't actually limit myself because, uh, as you can see, most of the stuff that I have here is a bit high-end, but at the same time a bit African-infused. So I would say uh, people who come here internationally looking for a story about Africa, they get something. If you're looking for beads, I'm fusing them with metal, something that hasn't been done quite oftenly lately, you know. So I'm trying to have an, a criteria and an approach to actually embrace the culture that we actually all have because um, I'm all about color, you know, as we are a rainbow nation color. So I'm trying to actually give people what they're actually looking for, which is a rainbow nation feel and feedback, you know. So that is my, my target market, I would say, basically, is people who are in the high-end range and in the middle range. It's very cool. Now I want to go back to Madame Naidu. Um Let's talk about your involvement with the beers. Now, the reason I say this because I'm very excited about the initiative that's um, going. Um, there's a competition that's coming up. I think they're going to close it up in November, if yes. I if I know correctly. And um, the fact that they've they've actually decided to do a search 
to collaborate with. At first, I even thought it was only designers, and they say it's actually open to any creative mind. And this competition then allows creatives to be able to come up with beautiful designs and, and then submit them out. And then obviously the group is going to come up with a winner. And then I even saw what I thought was very impressive is in the last year's winner, I think, uh, they sent her to Milan, um, on a nice proper paid, yeah, nice paid trip, edgy, nothing, no, but no, no two cents, uh, rolling, like big rolling <laughs> all the way, two wow. weeks, um, spending time with the most, um, the bit, the, 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 Proper, the creme de la creme of like your, uh, design, uh, your jewelry designers or your specialists. And I think for me, when we speak here and we sit here every week speaking about the business behind fashion and the fact that globalization is here, but at the same time, if we want to appeal to the world, you still want to make sure that you can sit shoulder to shoulder with the best of the best in the world. And imagine getting that experience out of winning a competition like this and then not just that what was my biggest high was looking at the pieces because what i also find is as much as diamonds are diamonds and they're forever i find them very bore not a bit boring like without without the sparkle sometimes it'll be like what could it have been if it didn't have that sparkle so i feel like what the collaboration has also brought into uh into life is is giving uh, the diamond um, sort of jewelry selection a more diverse uh, sort of feel and very eclectic. I'm a very eclectic mm. girl. I love big things. I love mm. bold pieces. But at the same time, the more the diamond, God bless America and Africa too, <laughs> who's going to be paying for that? So let's talk about that initiative okay. just a little bit because at the end of the day, I care about stakeholders who are able to play a role in pushing this African fashion industry to the next level. Yeah. And I feel like that initiative actually um, does exactly that. Yes, Liz, uh, let me just take you back to the the diamond, the diamond arena. There's lots happening behind the scenes. Uh, for instance, uh, local beneficiation in the diamond industry. I don't know yeah. if you're well aware of that our cutters and polishers, uh, 99% is internationals. We don't have lo- cu- local cutters and polishers. So De Beers has embarked on a local beneficiation cutters and polishers project, uh, which they uh, launched uh, earlier, uh, later this year. Uh, and uh, there's five companies that has been uh, nominated to be under the De Beers ba- banner uh, with the assistance of other site holders to teach them the skills for cutting and polishing diamonds. Locally, so that's a big plus. Uh, secondly, you saying yes, uh, items are not wow without the sparkle, and you know, <laughs> the bigger the better. I, I didn't say not not so well, but generally they're just yes. quite there, like yeah. just like that. So that's that's why we need the creatives, like the yanders, like the shining lights. Um, kind of competitions that allow creatives to get on board and, uh, sh- you know, take a different stance to what they, they want to create in the marketplace opposed to your normal commercial kind of look. And I think, you know, it's a great plat- platform for creatives to come on board on the Shining Lights competition. Uh, so you can see there's huge creativity across the board uh, and the application of diamonds, whether it is your white diamonds, your black diamonds, your color diamonds. There's lots to play around with different mediums going from your white gold, your rose gold, uh, your yellow gold, your platinum. So 
uh, I think these days people are looking for something unique, not just the commercial kind of looking uh, diamond ring or wedding band. They want something that says, you know, we've got a connection, but we've got a unique connection. And that's why the designers are out there and we're searching out for talents uh, so that they can be creative in that space. So it's uh, more than just a commercial diamond ring. Now, I have a question for you with regard to the shapers and the cutters. Now, is it that De Beers did just not have, is there no technology when it comes to that offering locally and that's why they had uh, people doing this from the other side? Or is it just that, uh, what was the reason? Like, Well, what? the reason for that is, um, you know, there wasn't identified players in, in South Africa. So hence they had to go through the whole process to look for people that's, Selling diamonds, understand what is the processes uh, that goes through uh, diamonds. And hence, you know, it was a whole sort of um, going through interviewing, seeing the backgrounds of um, the cutters and polishers and to see who's going to be equipped to run the whole process um, to carry this whole uh, local and cutter polisher project. So it has been quite a lot of work behind the scenes in order to get this done. Um, now, I want to just jump uh, back to Edgy, who's also uh, our contributor from New York, who's also um, joining us today. Edgy, have you seen a sort of emergence when it comes to collaborations between fashion brands and the diamond companies out there as much? Or is it something that's very risque where the diamond uh, players stay on their own and keep to themselves and then the uh, brands can, the other brands like Liz can just do what they're doing because they, it's, a, it's a very expensive uh, sort of risque industry. What, what are you, ex what do you, what would you share when it comes to sort of your echoes from New York with that regard? I, to be honest with you, I don't see, I haven't seen collaborations that I can really, uh, talk about, but I do know that one of the biggest things about diamonds is that when people think about diamonds, they think of price, right? Mm -hmm. And accessibility is a big problem with diamonds. It's just, it's, a, it's, it's, it's like this little handicap people feel when they talk about diamonds. But here you have companies like Zales that actually you can buy diamonds at reasonable prices. So that tend to, 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 to deem the, um, that high-profile nature of diamonds to make them accessible. So I, I think, I think that, that it's possible that there are collaborations with a company like Zales because they have accessibility, they offer accessibility through affordable pricing. Um, so there are, I think something like, like the Zimele in, in initiative actually thinking about that, it's, it almost like what Zales is doing here because it does two things. I mean, in that it creates almost like this incubation thing. It has a bad way. It's creating local expertise in terms of designers. And it's also creating local expertise now or wanting to create local expertise in terms of people who can cut and who, who can polish. So with those expertise growing in Africa, we get to a point where diamonds, we can actually produce diamonds that are accessible. Like, like what Ayanda is saying about you know, he's targeting people who can afford it. But maybe if we can widen that, that range, that widen the field of people who can afford it, then we have chances of being able to collaborate because diamonds, they, they tend to scare you when you think about <laughs> it from a price point. Yes. Yes. No, I agree with, I, I agree with that. Now, I want to just go back to, um, 
to Madam Naidu. I'm going to say this because I keep just like, I don't want to murder the other name, but let me do this quickly because we Salashni. need to. Solashni. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, so, so Solashni, I want us to just talk quickly, briefly about the Zimele, um, uh, initiative and what it's actually doing for South Africa. Um, okay, well, it's twofold. The one coming from the perspective of the local cutters and polishers. So they're assisting them in uh, purchasing the rough diamonds in order to cut and polish locally. And on the fashion in the fashion side, they're assisting the up-and-coming jewelry designers in the space. They have afforded uh, the Scality brand uh, space at the De Beers headquarters offices where we've got a fully-fledged st- st- uh, showroom where we can showcase 21 designers that uh, are using, that will be using the, the facility as well. So we offer free space, we market, we exhibit, and we uh, sell collections of the designers through the platform. So now for an African um, uh, creative who's listening to this interview today, what uh, what are some of the steps um, or how do you actually, what type of criteria do you use to, to come up with these different um, designers that would then sit in the showroom and be able to also trade because that, that is a bottom line yes. and that's where we want to be. Yes. Well, the criteria is very simple. The standards have to be on par with international standards, number one. Number two, you have to show your creativity uh, through your pieces or collections. I mean, you don't have to have lots of pieces. You can start even with three to five pieces of the collection that we can promote, market, and exhibit. Um, it can be across your mediums from your silver range up to your, your 18-carat white gold, yellow gold, platinum range, including diamonds or excluding diamonds. So we want the creativity of the designers to come through. So hence, we, we are not stipulating, you know, it needs to be a certain price point or a certain range, but it has to create um, uh, aspiration to your middle and upper earners. Um, and that's the sort of look and feel that we want to go for. So, you know, uh, the designers can always just email me uh, products, pieces, and the most important thing is the storyline behind the pieces. Because, you know, without the storyline, how did you create the piece? <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? we emphasize that in all across all fields when it comes yeah. to fashion and the creative industry. Now, Ayanda, are you one of, I mean, are you also in this group? Is Ayanda one of the designers in this group? Did you apply for it? Did you, how did you, how did you get to leverage yourselves to be able to find these people? Because sometimes what you need um, in business as you grow is as you're growing to actually attract different uh, sort of potential or strategic alliances that can actually get your business to the next level. How did you get to connect with this and, and how are things so far? Okay, um, I've been actually up and about trying to actually find people who I could work with. I've been around and I've worked with uh, Anglo Platinum and I've worked with Cedar uh, Technology Program. They actually helped me to do a piece for Samuel Jackson on his last visit here. I think it was 2012. Yeah, oh, cool. so I oh, was cool. able to do a piece for him in the pla- in Ed- on his platinum collection with diamonds. And um, as I went on, because uh, this kind of piece created hype all around. So as it created hype, Destiny Man also felt that they wanted me in their magazine to take a little bit of a shoot, you know, and talk about the ring that was given to an icon from overseas. He was an, he was an icon and an international star, by the way, Samuel Jackson. And um, by leading through those little crafts and growing, I always had my ear on the ground for people who are actually trying to establish people like us, you know, like young designers with product that need to be given exposure, you know, because um, 
to be honest, in the jewelry space that we are in, South Africa, we've been having problem to escalate because we are actually fighting against the international market a lot. You know, uh, we don't stand out with our brands because uh, we are standing up against big boys who have existed forever. You know, so that is not a challenge that I'm scared of. By the way, mm-hmm. you know, it's a thank, challenge. Thank you I'm for saying that because I was coming to you right now, live and direct. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> I was coming to you, but no, yes, but it's not ahead. a challenge that mm. I'm actually seeing as a threat to me. You know, because I actually love challenges. I feel that it's actually cool that we have people who have existed forever and who actually can have people who can take over from them. You know, because um, what we have right now, because I'm a 3D designer, CAD manufacturer, like I'm an all-rounder when it comes to the field. You know, so. I believe that with all the skill that I've equipped myself with, I can stand against any big boy who says they're big, you know. So me finding Scality Brand and Saloshni went through me knocking on a lot of doors as before as I used to go, you know, but not finding the right people to actually access my stuff and actually work with, you know. So as I was going along, Saloshni was advertising herself quite well. To be honest, you know, because I heard with word of mouth, you know, that there was a Skylar T brand that was doing ABC, you know, and I felt, okay, let me find this person's number and let me connect myself with them and find out how we can actually start working together, you know. And um, I got in contact with her, made an appointment, sat down, showed her my product, you know. So, but at that time, I was very highly inspired by with, with the Josie range, you know, because, um, when I started creating, like, I needed conceptualized fresh product and ideas that I wanted to actually give out to people who are locally, internationally coming to South Africa or Africa. So I decided to create the Josie range, you know, where I took the Jobic skyline and created numerous pieces out of it, you know, from earrings, pendants, cufflings, like you name it, you know. So with that range, I felt that it was strong enough for me to actually go and talk to anybody, you know, because it's just something that was fresh, freshly conceptualized and never seen before, you know. And how so, old is that? How old is this collection now? Uh, I started in 2012. Okay. Yeah, and it's and been growing. Good. And mm-hmm. how are you stocking a lot? Are you stocking just, I mean, are you stocking beyond Africa or is it? Well, I haven't actually taken the turn of actually going above South Africa. You know, okay. it's been Durban, Cape Town, you know, around okay. locally. So I wanted the brand to be actually be formalized with people who are from around here who before can actually Okay. can interact with the brand, you know, because with the skyline, it's easy for you to say, okay, the telecom tower, this is Joburg, you know, because everybody who comes landing, <coughs> excuse me, who comes in landing from here, the first thing you see is that skyline mm-hmm. before you get off the plane, you know. So I felt I needed a commemoration type of like design that will actually stay on people's minds even if they leave here, you know. So even if you bought that drink, you go to all oh, Europe or you go wherever or you live in Europe, find somebody wearing something like that. You definitely want to enhance it because it actually speaks about where you've been, you know, or where you actually want to go, you mm-hmm. know. So it's actually a replica of anything that you actually feel that you want, you mm-hmm. know. So as I created that range, I met up with Saloshni with other new new products, you know, that I created for the very same range. Mm. And then after that, I got to be in connection with her. And then, yeah, we started pushing this whole thing together, you know. And yeah, up until now, as we're growing it to actually have a store in CBD in the future, you know, which is like hopefully next year we'd have a store in the, in the CBD. And uh, yeah. I, I love it. Now, do you also think, uh, we're having a very open conversation here, and sometimes what I, I feel is, do, would you say that maybe African um, brands who are starting up, some of them, or maybe many of them, sometimes spend too much time looking to say, oh, who am I in competition with? Oh my God, is it that one? Instead of sitting and focusing on the brand and saying, here is my story, here is my 
design work. This is my, these are my pieces. This is my strategy. This is how I want to go. And don't you think, or would you agree that if African brands, especially the many who are still talking about who stole what and who, whatever they're talking about, do you believe that if they spent more time focusing on really building this brand, that there would be a lot of superstars when it comes to smiling to the bank and having a great visibility and a great brand out in the world? I know. What you just said is a mouthful, you know, because uh, with past experiences with some designers that I've been in connection with, they have that stigma of saying that people steal my stuff, you know. (laughs) But I believe that, you know, if you don't get out there and let people try and steal your stuff and still see if they can stop you, if you're a true designer, I don't believe that you'll have a problem. (laughs) Me too, because if it was your soul that designed it, you can't can't stop. I mean, that's your soul. It's It's your truth. vessel. It's running through me, you know. So if you think you can take me down with one piece or one concept, then try again, you know, because I'm really going to lay it out for you, you know. So with the Josie range, I had that skepticality, to be honest. I don't want to lie to you because uh, it was my first time creating a range on my own and feeling that, oh, wow. I've got a range already that represents me, you know. So I didn't know who I was looking out for in the market, you know, at first. But as I went on, I felt that, you know what, if I can do this and I haven't seen it out there, what makes me think that people are going to start doing what I can do, you know. So I felt, you know what, let me concentrate and focus on my mm-hmm. brand and grow my brand, mm-hmm. have more designs to outdo more than other other designers who are going to come and say they want to steal something from me. So I feel that what you just said now, people have to start focusing and concentrating on their brand and stop the competition because we don't have the time for competition yet because we haven't reached that peak level of saying that there's well-recognized brands from Africa or South Africa. You know, there are brands that are being recognized. I don't want to lie to you, you know, but... But if people could actually consider the fact that, you know what, I've got a brand, I want to grow it, and I want my name to be out there. The only way you can get out there is your brand taking you out there. Mm. You Meaning know. focus on your brand. Products. Yes. <laughs> I'd like to hear from Edgy. Edgy, what are your thoughts on the whole, uh, these people stole the Maasai blanket and the one stole the lasso and the one stole the kitenge. It's like, seriously, are you seriously kidding me? Like, we live in the continent and you want to complain about someone who's busy building on what if you're not doing Kitenga it's fine you don't have I mean there's a space for everyone but Edgy what's your feedback on and you obviously are not on the ground here with us but we are so you can better trust me when we tell you (laughs) that (laughs) there's also a lot of um, brands here who say they're brands and they're building but then they're just busy looking and complaining and trying to figure out who stole what and trying to um, talk about why theirs is not so. And like I said, I don't want us to be called the International Handicap Society of Africa because the other thing is the way that we start walking with our heads down talking about, but you know what happened was, True. uh-uh. True. Actually, what are your thought? What, what are your thoughts before we slap uh, someone? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think, I really think you should consider yourself lucky that you're being copied. Yeah. To be honest with you, fashion has impact, and one impact it has is that people copy you. You know, so <laughs> yes. well. To be honest with you, like if you are being copied, that means you've impacted someone. True. You know, so we need more people to copy more people in Africa, so we grow this, <laughs> this, this. You know, we grow this outflow for fashion. You know, yeah. we need that. Yeah, yeah it's true. Now, we really do need that. Yeah. Let's, can I just yes, add something? Please. From the Skyler T perspective, it's a brand running for two years. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, at the end of the day, you know, it comes from within as well. Just a quick story about how the brand came about. 
Uh, it was from my personal perspective. I couldn't have children for almost 19 years of marriage. And uh, hence, you know, I said, I'm turning 42. Let's see uh, if I try in vitro for the last time, it's going to work or not going to work. And so happened, I believed in the Almighty. And so happened, I had my baby girl, who's now four years old. Wow. Her name is Terini. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Her name is Terini Skyler, hence Skyler T as the brand. Okay, and uh, basically, you know, I just want to say, you know, the tagline says nature creates and we enhance. Nature creates yes. all the metals, the the semi-precious stones and the diamonds, and hence we've got the designers on board that enhance uh, these beautiful creative uh, collections that they come about. So hence, you know, the brand is here to uh, highlight and also work in synergy with the designers uh, to give them that perspective that if you believe, if you're passionate, if you go beyond the extra mile, um, you can make it. I mean, the Skyletty brand is only two years old and we're up against everybody else. But I said, but you're not limping. No, we're not limping <laughs> and say we are giving up and we throw it in the towel. We are showing uh, South Africa and possibly the world of what we can do uh, in the space that we're in. I love, I love, I love the, Liz, the I connection. Have, um, I have a I have a question for uh, Saloshni. Yes. Um, this is regarding the Zimela initiative. Yes. Um, bearing in mind that this initiative aims to create design uh, capacity in Africa yes. and also capacity in terms of polishing and cutting. Yes. Um, what? How? How important is? Accessibility to the to the to the whole initiative. Accessibility meaning affordable pricing. Are there? Is it important in this initiative that the designers create products that are accessible to us? Because unless Africans can buy them and embrace mm-hmm. and embrace these products, yes. these designers are not going to be known. Yes. So that's my. I, I want to know how important the pricing. What an important, how important pricing is in the whole Zimela initiative thinking. Okay, yeah, pricing is very, very important. So hence, you know, the designers that we can take on board, hence we look at them from opening price point, middle price point, and top price point. So, you know, we focus on, on that sort of principle in each of their collections. Some of them might not have uh, the middle and top end price point. Some of them might only focus on the lower end. So, you okay. know, hence uh, we're trying to uh, assist in that sort of spectrum. And obviously with the uh, with the designers coming on board, we're trying to negotiate the best possible prices on the metals that they use, the diamonds that they use, etc. So, Every single time we have to be competitive in the marketplace with each and every piece that we come out with. So, um, and bearing in mind the different levels, the low, the lower end, the medium end and the higher end bracket. Um, I, I, I love that. I want to just also just push, um, onto that a bit further. Like, so who's responsible between your group and the creative who's a part of your group when it comes to, distribution channels is it your responsibility my, or is yeah. it their res- okay no it's my responsibility to find I, the market yeah to find the route to market uh, whether it's uh, conferences, exhibitions, pop-up stores, uh, we're planning to open up stores possibly in the CBD, uh, the pop-up arcade uh, opening up on the 1st of February 2017. Uh, that's in the CBD, um, a very upmarket mod kind of arcade. Uh, it's going to be uh, next to the jo- uh, Gauteng Legislature uh, in that sort of vicinity. So we're planning to open up a store there. We're also planning to open up a store at the Aratambo, 
Uh, we're just waiting for space allocations. Um, so there's various opportunities. I mean, we're also online. Uh, we're going to be on this free online website um, with some of the collections and pieces. We're busy talking to African Fashion International as well. They opened up stores in Menlin. Uh, end of November, and they're interested in some of the designers' collections and pieces to sell as once-offs. So that's my job to to find the route to market and uh, the route to sell the collections and pieces. Very impressive. And I say very impressive because there's a lot of initiatives going on, and sometimes half of the end of it or half of the pie is just like literally uncooked because people are really focused so much more on the product and then forget that there's a whole pie or there's a whole journey around to be able to make sure that this from conceptualization all the way to distribution is all covered. Because what's the point of even birthing a product or having anything out there if you can't fill up that, you know, that whole gap? Now, I want to talk about something very sensitive. And like I said, it's not politics, but it's the truth. Mm -hmm. As this, as rare, as special, as sparkly as this beautiful diamond we're talking about is, how are you guys uh, responsible when it comes to how you source, uh, you know, your diamonds? Um, I don't want you, you don't necessarily have to answer on behalf of the BS group, mm-hmm. but then at the same time, are you guys thinking about that? Because for me, again, what I say is as precious as Diamond is, if it's not responsibly sourced, I don't want anything to do with it actually, yes. because it, it can make me, it can make you sick. No, I mean, exactly. If, uh, you know, there was, uh, the Blood Diamond. Uh, movie that came out um, Just on that sort of perspective I mean De Beers is a very ethical company uh, They Their focus Is on being ethical, environmental Friendly and focus is also on the Safety of the employees as well So you know when it comes to that sort of thing uh, I, I can, I've been In association with De Beers for the past 12 years So you know Going through uh, all the phases Of uh, the uh, they're going in the and yeah, mm-hmm. the processes uh, and their principles. I mean, they're a very highly ethical company. So whatever they do is in the best interest of the environment, the people uh, and the safety. So are you now, for example, with Ayanda and his uh, jewelry collection, when he thinks of diamonds or when he thinks of or he conceptualizes a design, um, that does, does he then come to you guys to say, here's the sort of shades, here's the sort of... Ca- Yes. Is that how it works? Yes. And then you guys now source. We source from the local cutters and polishers, uh, the size requirements, the color, the clarity, and then we negotiate with uh, the, the local cutters and polishers, and then we we purchase the diamonds from them, which is then certified, GI certified, and then obviously Ayanda uses it. And when it gets back to Ayanda and Ayanda says, no, sorry, wrong number, then what happens? Or, or, or did rare. that? Or did that never happen? <laughs> no, it's very rare. It's very because uh, when it comes to diamonds, it's like it's a very strict, strict game. You okay. know, I will take that ring that I've been that I have to set diamonds on, set diamonds on it. After that, I take it to um, an evaluation certificate maker, and then they'd have to go through the whole process of checking what type of stone it is, what's the clarity, and etc. For the fact that if I'm going to be doing a piece for you. And you just paid me like 70 grand or something. You need an evaluation certificate that approves that this piece is legit and this piece can be insured by any insurance company. Because if you have any special uh, piece like that, you also need that, com- that mm. comfortability of saying, mm. I've got a piece that costs like 105,000 
on my hand. Mm-hmm. So I need to make sure that mm-hmm. anything happens to this piece, I can still back myself up. Now, I'm very curious, and this is my own curiosity, but I'm sure for some of our listeners, they're like, hey, hey, Lise, ask that question. No. Um, <laughs> my question now is, it's obviously a very expensive affair, and then it's obviously uh, also quite timely. I mean, the process is not something where I can just say, Hi, I, I need this next week and it's available next week mm-hmm. from design, from concept to everything to everything. Because obviously there's so many different processes I, I am hearing about yeah. uh, as you go through this. Um, what is it then for Skylar in this? Because obviously there's got to be, I mean, you're a stakeholder at this point. Yeah. What are you getting out of it? What does the designer get out of it? Do you come up with a deal and is the deal similar for all brands that you are actually carrying when it comes to the jewelry Collections or what? how does that work? Okay, how does it work? It's very simple. They come up with their collections. They give me their prices, which we uh, look at and say to them, okay, you know, and then we look at the pieces and say, what is the retail value of this piece? Uh, bearing in mind, it has to be competitive. So hence, we do put on our margin because remember, we're marketing, we're exhibiting, we're giving free space to the designer. So else, if we sell in the product through to the end user, um, Ayanda will get his portion of what he quoted me, and then obviously the percentage mm-hmm. markup that I make on the item would be mine. So you decide on the percentage markup. Percentage markup from my side on retail, in the store. So are you like an agency where you still also agree that X amount percentage is going off of? No, no. You basically, use it, okay. Yes, basically what happens is Ayanda says this is my my cost, my mm-hmm. labor, my margin included. Mm-hmm. This is the price through to you. Mm-hmm. And then obviously for my facilitation, my marketing, the premises, everything, I also mm-hmm. I'm a small business entrepreneur. Yes, yeah. it's business at the end so of the day. So I have to put on my margin, but I must make sure that the product sells. Yeah, because yeah, what good is a big fat margin? Yes, when? exactly. <laughs> so hence we have to be competitive in the marketplace. So you know we're trying to build the brand. So hence we are not pushing the margins. We want the brand to be known. We want that designers to sell their products mm-hmm. underneath the brand. And that's our focus right now. We are not going to be uh, saying, oh, the brand is going to reap the rewards. We want everybody in the value chain to win. Benefit. Yeah, mm-hmm. whether it's the cutters and polishers, whether it is the designers, or whether it's the Skylar brand. It must be a win-win situation for everybody across the board. So, you know, we, we sit and we discuss everything at great length so that everybody's happy and uh, everybody is – because our job is to create jobs, mm-hmm. basically. And you're in business. And I'm in business. <laughs> so business has to win. Yes, Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> Ayanda, I just want to ask you uh, – Edgy, Edgy, Edgy we are coming to you just now. Ayanda, so, yeah. for example, I'm sitting here. Obviously, Edgy, you can't see them, but I'll send a picture and tweet it up so people can see some of the pieces here. Now, some of the pieces yeah, – Yeah, I saw, I saw the ones you sent me. Okay. Some it's of really the cool. – yeah, so some of the pieces, what I want to ask you, averagely, if a piece – if, say, for example – your diamond is 10 your diamond piece is 10 and you have other pieces because what i've seen is you actually just trying to have some variety so that you can actually uh benefit the consumer who's on whatever price bracket um they they're on so uh, what is your like for something like this if this was like a no let's talk about the diamond piece if the diamond was a 10 where price wise when you do the blending and you do the whole fusion between the diamond piece and some just to make it more a bit funky but also less pricey meaning you're using less diamond but you're trying to kind of blend it in with other sort of um metals and things to make it just appealing but still obviously there's a trick behind that also more affordable for the person who could not afford that big fat 
you know, rock? What, what, how do you work on pricing and, or how, or what is your price range? Because obviously you're doing so much more than, you're, you're not just focused on diamonds. You're really doing a lot more. Yeah, as you can see, my diverse design criteria there. When it comes to diamonds, uh, it is quietly, frankly, the client request. But uh, when it comes to me thinking that, okay, you tell me that you want a diamond piece, diamonds come in different ranges, as you know. You know, you get your two pointers, your one pointers, etc. You know, so if you'd say to me, I'd like to have a diamond piece, not too expensive, not too cheap, you know, but I'd just like it middle range. You know, middle range would be going for you like twenty, twenty-five grands. You know, for a piece. You know, so for a piece like that, definitely I'd have to go for looking for stones with certain colors and a certain grade to actually enhance the design that you want and the price range that you're actually looking at. So it's all about looking at the category of the diamond that you're actually looking for. So if you tell me that you want a one carat, I'll tell you that you can't have a one carat. A one carat is too expensive because for one carat, you start for something like 50 going up, you know, depending on the clarity again, you know. So for diamonds, I really look at the type of budget that you're actually giving me. And then I work around that budget with certain stones that are going to fit the budget that you're actually bringing on board to me. And then I give you an end product like that. But don't you also think for me now, when I'm talking, I'm speaking to you now from a business perspective, when it comes to commercial viability and kind of moving forward to, yes, you have your uh, c- uh, consumer who's really focused on her specialized piece, but at the same time, you want to go into market. So as you continue forward, is there some, uh, have you thought about, because you're going to have to come up with like, you're going to have to come up with something. What sort of what price range do you think? Because you're obviously playing right now in the African, in the South African um, marketplace, Market, yeah. but you're hopefully looking to penetrate into the rest of the continent and beyond. True. Have you thought about sort of what price range? And like, again, like I said, is I know that Africa is so diverse. People don't understand that what's happening in Nigeria is different from what's happening in Rwanda and Congo and Cote d'Ivoire and wherever, wherever else. So have you thought of sort of a price range that you would say is a reasonable, when you look at the market, the emerging market, the people, uh, consumer behavior, trends and how trends are influencing how we consume um, as consumers. Okay, I'm going to give this to you. Okay, so who who's going to answer this first? Should I give it? So I'm going to give it to you. Okay. My darling, so you can just explain to us sort of... Okay, uh, when it comes to uh, the purchase of diamond rings, what we're trying to create um, is the affordability aspect through to it. So it depends on the, the client's budget. But we can design uh, a diamond ring for you, set in 9 carat or 18 carat, anything starting from about 10,000 rand, depending on uh, uh, the look and the feel. So it's still affordable uh, compared to walking into uh, another retailer <laughs> and spending... 40, 50 or 100,000 rand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we look at the affordability because, I mean, looking at the whole economics right now, Mm -hmm. people don't have Mm -hmm. lots of money uh, to spend. But uh, in saying that at the same time, when it comes to weddings, people don't hold back. People want the best. But uh, if you're wanting the best at a certain budget, like I said, we can design a ring from about 10,000 rand upwards. But what I love is that the 10,000 ring could then be, as you move forward, because uh, there's also nice to have start having pieces that are just accessible, where yes. when you decide to open the online store or whatever, mm. people can then see something that's... And 10,000, honestly, not, not bad. Yeah, not bad not at all. At all. No, I mean, for a, for a real. Now, I want to talk about... Edgy, do you want to contribute before I change? I switch this topic up uh, a bit. I just want to switch into something... Uh, else I've been hearing about. <laughs> uh, even 
No, I'm, any input for, for me? For me, I'm just thinking of I'm thinking of, from the marketing end of it. From I, I like the whole idea of this uh, of this initiative. I like Skylarty, and I'm just sitting here thinking, how could it work in the U.S.? How could we work with them in in, 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 in the United States? How can we, um, you know, it's it's a beautiful thing. I mean, it's it's so good to hear that the bears, as huge as they are now have this footprint they are creating in Africa with local designers. And all I'm thinking is how do we mm-hmm. make that? How do we bring that out of, out of Africa to here for, for people to, to know about it in New York, know about it in the U.S.? So I, I'm in love with it. I'm, I, 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 like what, I like the conversation. I, I, think, I think accessibility is important. Uh, diamonds, for me, I feel like they have this little thing where people just shaking their boots when they talk, when they hear about diamonds. So if, like this company called Zales in the U.S., they came up with this amazing idea to sell diamonds. Yes, you can get diamonds that are not that expensive. Yes, you can get crushed diamonds in your necklaces and everything. And, you know, they're not expensive. And and it's become so popular, it's made, them, made them accessible, affordable. And um, I don't see why we can't, why this initiative can offer that. So that's what I'm thinking about, really. Well, you tell us when we must jump onto the next plane. <laughs> and, and we will be there. Edgy, they don't have to jump far. They will first jump to me I mean, here I and then that, from here. I mean, you are there. I mean, I'm talking, I'm talking about Fashion Lab. Like, how can Fashion Lab facilitate something like that? Yes. And Liz is there at home. Yes. And, um, but it's, an, it's a wonderful initiative. And yes. There are very creative ways to sell diamonds because the market is so diversified now. Uh, you know, guys, you know what? Because we are running out of time, I know that we can continue to. I mean, look at us. We have just gone on and on and on. <laughs> I love this conversation. Our lines are open for those who are tuned in. We are on Fashion Lab AF on Twitter. We'd love to hear your thoughts around this. I definitely am a lover of um, diamonds as well. But they, like we say, and the truth is, they're not easily accessible. But there's ways that we are starting to see. Uh, you know, local designers and collaborations and collaborative initiatives making them even more accessible to us. My biggest thing still is it has to be responsibly sourced. Otherwise, we do not want anything to do with that. We are ethical. We are uh, um, we are responsible. We are conscious. Uh, and I think that that's one of the things that as we continue to grow in this uh, African fashion industry space or creative space that we have to grow with those, some of those um, um, ethos and some of those uh, sort of values, because that is that is who we are. And when we build, we have to care about those things now, um, especially now, just especially to sell in the, in the in the in the Western markets. Those ethos are very important. Yeah, true. Yes. Yeah. So um, I want to thank you, uh, my lovely guests, for joining us in studio today. And I'm going to say this name again because I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm very good with names normally. Saloshni. 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 I'm really grateful. We are grateful to have you in studio today. Um, we are great to have. We are grateful to have you, Ayanda, as well in studio. We love what you're doing, and I love the fact that you've just decided it's not just going to be diamonds only, but you kind of have found your little way of presenting a lot of other beautiful pieces alongside for 
you know, just to cater to different markets. Um, Edgy, we definitely love your contribution. I always say that if we are sitting here dissecting the business behind fashion in Africa and we are not having some input from some, somewhere else, then who are we talking to? Who, what are we talking about? <laughs> no, because really, if we don't know what's going on in Europe, what's going on in New York, in the US, what's going on in Asia, what are we doing? What are we talking about? So we really appreciate your contribution as well. And, uh, Thank we you. are going to now roll over to Morag Stein, who is our internationally accredited beauty consultant and makeup artist coming to us live and direct with her Glam App. Welcome to the show, Maura. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Glam App again. Liz, thank you for the beautiful introduction. What an awesome show. So we know what happens next. It's Lipstick Color of the Week. And this week, um, it's actually the Rimmel Color Rush Lip Pencils, or it's a jumbo lip pencil. Um, they come in 14 shades, actually. My favorite shade is number 600, on fire, because I'm feeling on fire this week. Um, they're really divine, they're beautiful, very intriguing with the bright colors, really easy to apply and obviously it's a lip balm combined with a lipstick, so very nourishing on the lips and they have a medium to full coverage. Um, as I mentioned, they're 14 shades, so there is really a shade to suit every skin tone um, and yeah, as we know, Rimmel's available at most um, cosmetic retail stores worldwide. Um, so I'd just like to share... I've been working with a client um, from a corporate company in Johannesburg in South Africa, and I've just noticed how people really do judge. I mean, we're all human, right? And, um, you know, for people to feel happy when someone compliments them about their beauty or appearance is really a compliment. Um, we, we all want that, whether you're male or female. And people also tend to agree to an approximate level on facial attractiveness and beauty across the globe. So, you know, we are definitely attracted to beauty. Hence, there's an innate desire in humans to look beautiful, to attract other people. I do feel, though, in the industry, we're under too much pressure to look like the images of the perfect woman or man that the media bombards us with every day. But I don't agree <laughs> with the philosophy that we should love what we see in the mirror, especially when I know that I can look better. But where do we draw the line? I mean, is there even a line? I think every woman and man should care about how they look if you want to realize a comfortable level of success and self-sufficiency. So quite a, I mean, we know quite a lot of research has gone into trying to determine how many seconds it takes before a person forms a judgment of someone they meet. Their brains calculate the value in terms of age, social standing, and how approachable you are within 30 seconds or less. And actually, Princeton psychologists Janine Willis and Alexander Trovlov say first impressions are formed in less than a tenth of a second. I mean, that is crazy. I'm not advocating for extremities here, but I do advocate for presenting an attractive, updated, professional image that represents how you want the world to judge you. You know, just as I work hard, um, for instance, to develop my speaking and writing skills, and of course the visual impact um, I have is a part of my brand, with this, I say, um, compare and be aware of how you represent yourself to people opposed to you thinking who you are in the world. It's important to clean out your closet and actually redo your wardrobe, hair and makeup. I do this every three months, and I tell you, it is so, so refreshing. The only problem I have is that I don't get a chance to actually restock what I've removed out of my wardrobe. So, you know what, um, we've spoken about surgery, we've spoken about um, Botox injections and laser. Does this, you know, having these procedures, does it increase your success? 
Some actually believe that it does. Um, you know, making an effort to look good because we know it helps us out professionally and maintaining those looks shouldn't be necessarily shunned, nor should we be plagued by personal guilt. And I don't think, you know, you shouldn't alter your um, physical appearance so that your friends don't recognize you or you can't flash a full smile because of fillers you've had injected around your mouth. And I also don't think that you should put yourself in a financial or physical jeopardy to stay looking young. I do think, you know, people should really care what they're looking, what they look like. Um, you know, it makes you more approachable and it sort of lessens that first judgment. And unfortunately, you know, in the industry that we're in, this happens. Um, but at the end of the day, it is your choice. You know, but face it, when we look good on the outside, we feel great on the inside. And, you know, what should it be the other way around? Surely it can be. Um, you know, your emotions affect your appearance and your attractiveness. Your confidence plays into your ability to influence others. It's not an either-or question here. You have to look, obviously work both on staying attractive in the inside and the outside. You know what, and I'd love to just wave a wand around and make wrinkles a sign of special beauty and a little layer of, you know, extra um, sort of comfort a sign of abundance, um, and I don't see that happening in the world that I work in in my lifetime. We live and work in a world where, you know, people do judge um, your value in seconds or less, and this is rather scary. So here are some basic tips to stay on trend. Colors we're seeing are very earthy in a way, from various shades of blues, sort of representing the ocean, to yellows representing the sun. And beige tones, um, sort of like a desert or a Kalahari sort of reputation, and well, as well as burgundy, sort of like a roasting fire. You know, skincare is always a must for me, whether you're male or female. So here for the men this season, there are three options here. My favorite is the flick back um, quaff, so short sides, um, long on top. This is a high-maintenance hairstyle, though. So men, if you're thinking of going this route, this season please just you know keep it intact once a week and also you know we know the 70s are coming back so shoulder length natural hair low maintenance but also um, sort of keeping a bit of a curl or a wave in the hair also um, number three is a shaved um, haircut sort of to a number one shave and men just remember that you to pull off a hairstyle like this you really do need a strong facial feature or a strong jawline to sort of pull off not having hair on your head. Hair for the ladies, um, it's a one-tone solid color. Highlights are out. Um, sharp, blunt cuts, and um, you can wear these with a deep sort of side parting. It can be worn with a bit of a wave. As I mentioned, the 70s are back. Makeup is very romantic, soft with a pop of color, either on the eye or lip. And by this color, I mean bright. So get those color right lip pencils and go jamming. That's all from me today on Glam Up. You can follow me on all social media platforms at Morag Stain. That's M-O-R-A-G-S-T-E-Y-N. And that's me over and out. Thank you. Thank you. That was so great, Morag. <laughs> 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 Guys, thank you. That was so great. I mean, like, I always love this glam up tips because it's, it's, I've always got something to do with something. Edgy, the one thing we forgot in New York is Epsom salt in our feet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one, one of the things I tell you guys, we were at New York Fashion Week and I was in like 
six inch heels and wow. the ground was hard. I've never felt such hard ground. So <laughs> rushing around from show to show in Manhattan in those heels was every evening I would say to Edge, I need a foot massage every day. <laughs> and uh, Morag actually suggested before. So I'm actually learning some of her tips, but we really appreciate you, Morag. Um, it's nice to always get uh, some of your glam tips. Um, as we wind up, this is the last segment. Very quick, we're going to go. It's called Who Would You Want to Dress and Why? But before we go there, I'd like you, Saloshni? Saloshni. Saloshni, God. I'd like you, Saloshni, to just share with us how our listeners can contact you or be in touch with you or feel sure. your presence. Okay. Well, uh, you can call me on 011-374-7219. You can go onto our website, www.skylert.com. .co.za and you can go onto our Facebook page which is Skylar T Jewelry and you can be um, quite e- we can quite easily be found at uh, corner Crownwood Road and Diamond Drive in Crown Mines at the De Beers headquarters building. Thank you very much. Ayanda, how can our listeners connect with you? Well, I'm under the brand Skylar T but if ever you want any further due you can contact me on my cell number which is 078 078- Four seven five three five four six. Damn, guys, y'all are so bold. You're like, yeah, but li- listen, guys, it's it's business only. Please do not send us. Nah. Do, do not take this to a whole new level where now he's calling us saying, "Hi, guys, delete, delete, delete that number." I don't like that. <laughs> but you gave the number yourself. But anyway, no, it's no. really been nice um, touching base with you guys, and I've also learned a lot about the diamond industry because, like Edgy said. It's something we love, but we there's just a distance. You know, we look at it, and I only look at it when I'm getting five years or six years. Any any engagement or no, not engagement. Any wedding anniversary. That's when I look at those. Or, but you know, it's 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 very. It's uh, we are hoping it will be a bit more accessible. No, so, definitely. who would you want to dress and why? Uh, we're gonna start with uh, Edgy. Edgy, please do not let me down. We have guests in studio. You know this 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 part always gets me. As much as I prepare for it, it always gets me. Well, I want to dress myself this time. Again. Again, because it's 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 fall, and I want a three quarter overcoat, a three quarter a three quarter uh, trench coat. And I found one that I want. God, you, you're, you're worse than Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> but that is only, I'm only whispering that in studio for my guests to hear. No one else. No one else will hear this. Um, okay, fantastic. So, Loshni, who would you want to dress and why, given the chance? Oh, given the chance, I think I uh, would like um, Ayanda to be dressed. No, you would like to dress Ayanda. Yeah. And why? Because um, I think he need, he's got the style and the look uh, to be a supermodel just besides just being a designer. And I know he likes to be fashionable. And I think, yeah, he would be the person that I would love to dress. Okay. Ayanda, who would you want to dress awesome. and why? Whoa. Okay. That's like a super tough one. But to I be know. honest... Um, damn. <laughs> it always gets <laughs> me right somebody here, So I think it should be best to actually just even reverse the whole thing and just say I would like to dress Saloshni as well. The easy way out. Not, 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 not in the dress way, right? But like, you know, give her like 
a few of how I would actually like her to look in a way, you know. Mm-hmm. Not to say she doesn't look the way that I think she's appropriately, but you know, it always nice <coughs> when you spend a lot of time with somebody to look appropriately the way that you actually see them, you know. So yeah, Saloshni. It's very nice. Awesome. I think today I would want to dress Komotso. My assistant who's standing right in front of me here and like dress her in the most beautiful diamonds from Ayanda's collection. How cool is that? Oh, that's so So that's what I would want to do. She's very cool. She's very easy. She's such a beautiful soul. Um, she helps me a lot. Like don't even be confused. I, she fastens her seatbelt when I'm driving because she knows she's just so, she's so cool. She's here when we are here. She's very cool. So I think she's the girl who deserves a beautiful set of diamond pearls or something, or maybe a nice rock, whatever it would be. No, would from Ayanda's collection. Uh, I would have said you, but you, like, you know, you got it going on right there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't say much about that, you know. <laughs> Guys, it's been so lovely having you on the show today, and I'm hoping that this conversation is going to continue off uh, while we go and have our glass of... Oh, so, sorry. Anyway, Order. yes, it's been nice. And I think for those who are tuned in, I'm hoping that you, uh, have learned something about the diamond industry and that you don't shy away so far because it's, um, it's coming and, uh, there's initiatives that are making it much more easier to access. Um, and also obviously, uh, the diamonds we're speaking about are responsibly sourced and, uh, there's opportunity for creatives to also get into these competitions and actually really move themselves ahead. So there's so many ways. Uh, to access these diamonds these days uh, Focus on your businesses Do what you're doing Like we say, Stay focused on yours Not on John's Because John's winning And there you are still Looking <laughs> at what John is doing But for further comments And further conversations We're on www.fashionlabafrica.com We'd love to hear from you Take care of yourselves Peace and love Until next week Cliffcentral.com